2: This episode of the Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy podcast is brought to you by
3: MyBookie.ag. Don't know about MyBookie? They are redefining the gaming
2: scene for both sports betting and online casino games. Sign up at MyBookie.ag using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN to claim a deposit match up
3: to $1,000. That is right, $1,000.
0: Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy.
3: Hey, everybody. Arch here, and it is Thursday's main show. And we've got James. What's going on, Mr. Evans?
2: I'm going very well, thank you. How about yourself, Arch? you doing well?
3: Hey, yeah, man. Can't complain. Can't complain at all. <laughs> How's it going over there? Are you still you still stuck indoors?
2: Yeah, still stuck indoors. I mean, it's become quite the reoccurrence as of late. I, I spent predominantly the majority of my month, well, reasonably short few months at uni indoors anyway. So I've, I've gotten used to it now since the whole lockdown was implemented not that long ago. I've got another, you know, couple of weeks, but that's bound to be extended into the new year. So, what we'll ways to kick off 2021 being stuck in doors, eh? Yeah, we, especially <laughs> at
3: your age with your family. Have you? Uh, yeah, exactly. Have you thought about suicide yet? Are you having suicidal thoughts? Are you are you, are you cutting yourself yet or anything?
2: <laughs> uh, not yet, surprisingly. But um, you know, come Christmas Day when I'm absolutely bored out my ass, it probably will. It may come to some sort of uh, a. <laughs> Some sort of uh, unfortunate event. Yeah, yeah. What, what way to spend your Christmas Day, eh?
3: <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. That's brutal. I'm so sorry. I would be killing myself at your age,
2: being stuck inside. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. I mean, as a young man, I mean, I'm so used to, you know, going out, being out with my mates, Playing football, drinking, doing God knows what, and to be stuck indoors—I mean, you know, this is like the Stone Age, in my opinion. I mean, now I know how you felt when you were growing up. (laughs) I'm not saying you're old or anything, but
3: yeah, yeah, that's exactly how (laughs) I felt. It's really—I feel bad for you being stuck inside, but I feel Mm. worse for the women of England
2: in in that they're
3: not—they they they can't access you right now.
2: (laughs) Not yet, but hopefully soon. Soon enough. I mean, again, I'm still getting. People outside my door and outside my yep. window, just to sort of get a glimpse of uh, Mr. Evans and so. Yep. All right, so UFC, <laughs> UFC this weekend. We don't have
3: Mason, by the way. Still, uh, Mason is still on assignment. He's—I uh, <laughs> don't know what he's doing. He's training up. He's—he's he's been working out. Uh, I heard a rumor that he went over to Russia. He's been training to, uh, you know, come back stronger and more powerful than ever.
2: Oh. Well, I heard he went to America to try and track down Ben Cartlidge. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> oh boy. Still Take him a visit. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> still no cease and desist from Ben Cartledge's attorney. So we're we're still okay to talk about him. <sighs> oh no, man. Absolutely. All right, so just real quick, what do you think of the card looking at it overall?
2: Uh, overall on paper, I mean, it, it's not that bad of a card to be fair, and with no, with no disrespect to Islam Makhachev, I think the the main events a bit better now that he's had to pull out through injury because we've got two guys who just love to stand and trade. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to the main event because every time Paul Felder steps in the octagon, you know, he comes to fight and with regards to the rest of the card and the the prelims and all that, we've, you know, we've got a a decent card on paper for the the casuals and all the MMA fans this weekend.
3: Yeah, it's It should be fun. It should be fun. Well, let's get to it. Let's, let's hit the main event we got Paul Feldler, Feldler versus uh, Rafael Dos Santos. Dos Anjos? Correct. Oh, wow, look at that. Dos
2: Anjos, um, potato potato. He's yeah, yeah. I don't think he but I mean, yeah. Uh, Paul Feldler, Rafael Dos Anjos. I'm very much looking forward to this one. As I just touched upon earlier, I mean, it's a step in on five days' notice against the former champion in Rafael Dos Anjos. Just shows how courageous and tough Paul Feldler really is. I mean, he's been around the game for a while. Um, his last four fights have ended up in well his three out of his last four fights have ended up in split decisions so he's going to hope to avoid back-to-back losses because he's coming off of a defeat to Dan Hooker a couple of months ago which was which is a bit harsh he could have gone either way. And I mean, had the, the fight not take place in New Zealand and it was in America, maybe Paul Felder would have got the the judges' scorecard in that one. But, you, you know, fights fight, these things happen. And again, like I said, taking a fight on five days' notice for placing Islam Makishev, you know what to expect from Paul Felder. He's a striker at heart he's very creative, he mixes in the leg kicks well and he does do some serious damage he has some serious power in the hands in those hands and he's he's sort of a he's a pressure fighter, I mean he likes to dictate the pace and keep his opponent in uncomfortable positions with you know just his immense high work rate. and you know whether he's standing up or up in the clinch or in the you know looking for the ground and pound, Felder usually does outwork his opponents and I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he steps in this weekend because you said you know this could have been like a catchweight 165 odd bout three round main event but you know Paul was adamant I want this to be five rounds I want this to be at 155 so it just shows how you know Bravia steps against a guy like Rafael Desanos like this and again with Rafael Desanos you know what to expect from him he's a former champion a lot of his recent fights have gone to the full distance and again he's just sort of similar to Paul Felder. he's very much a striker at heart he's coming off of a loss to uh, Michael Chiesa and again this will be his first sort of this will be his headline this first headline in a while whereby he'll actually want to make a statement and get the and impress the masses and what a time to do it because if you get a win over Paul Felder and he's talking about going back down to 155 permanently, then he might wake up in the top 10 uh, rankings next weekend and uh, foul Desanyos with a big win. And again, Desanyos, like I said, similar to Paul Felder, he's one of the more polished strikers within the division. With uh, Rafael, he mixes in the punches and kicks well. He packs a serious ground the pound once you know the fight takes place on the canvas. And he's got a nice boxing approach as well. And he's a black belt on BJJL. So... Again, he can sort of hold his own wherever the fight goes. He, however, he is much more effective on this feat. He has that sort of precious... He's added that precious style to his game. And, um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this weekend. It's a, It's a tough one to call. I mean, if Paul Felder had a full training camp and wasn't stepping in on five days' notice, I probably would have thought, you know, he could sort of control the pace, land some heavy shots and potentially get the finish. However... Because Tafel Desanyos has had the full training camp. And again, mm-hmm. you know what I'm like, on felt a fighter stepping in in short notice. I, I just, I feel for Paul Felder on this one. and Although Dasanios hasn't looked great in his last couple of fights. So if he's really determined to cut back down to 155 and make a statement, then this is the weekend to do it. So I'm going to go for an idea by decision.
3: Decision win. Mm-hmm. Oh, or he wow. could
2: get the late finish, but no, I'm going for a decision.
3: You think it's a decision? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh Dos An- Dos Anjos is -185 as it sits right now. Felder's +158. Uh, Fel- yep. Felder to win by decision +275, Rafael +150. All right. You know, I think there's enough juice here. I do want a piece of Felder. I'm I'm thinking bet him mm. to bet Cause, Okay, let's look at this real quick. Uh, he's +158 according to Las Vegas. That's a 38.7% uh, per- uh, chance he needs to, you know, to win the fight. He's got more than a thirty-eight percent chance to win the fight, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, totally. I think. Yeah, like I said, if he had the full training camp, he might have. I probably would have given it to him. But even on five days' notice, I mean, what you notice with Felder is, In you know, Sanyos has a very tough time, you know, counter punching. Whereas Paul Felder, there's certainly some holes in DeSanyos' game, whereby Paul can certainly look to exploit. him this weekend, and he's a great striker at heart. There is a path to victory on Paul Felder, but again, you just don't—I don't know where he's at mentally because he talks about retirement after the Dan Hooker loss. And you know, if he's fully motivated and wants to step back into the octagon and fight regularly, then maybe he can get the job done. But I, I just—I just don't know.
3: Yeah. Okay. He,
2: he certainly has a more than the thirty-eight percent chance to be. And that's a bit harsh.
3: I think so too. So I want a piece of Felder. So I'm going to bet that, and then I'll follow you on your decision too, plus one fifty. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll—I'll cash in no matter which side hits. So it's I think it's a good place to be. You know, I'm catching plus one fifty eight and plus one fifty. Yeah. yeah. Of course, if uh DeSantis comes out and just wrecks shop and just kills him in the first round. <laughs> fucked. We're fucked.
2: Yeah, we, we, we won't talk about that. <laughs> we'll let it slide next week. And I did look
3: real quick. I wanted to see that Paul Felder uh decision that he lost to a hooker. Uh, ben Cartledge yeah. was nowhere near that. So
2: Oh god. Surprised. <laughs> <laughs> You know where he stands in controversial fights. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, you know,
3: we didn't get Mason's thoughts on that fight. So, you know, it's fair that Cartledge wouldn't have screwed them over. So, <laughs> all right. Next up, what are we looking at?
2: Uh, again, I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. You've got Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Chaos Williams. Uh, Al Hassan, he has a hundred percent finish rate. All, all, of it, all of his professional wins have come by a form of knockout. Wow. He's won six of six of his uh, last eight fights. He's coming off of a, a loss to Muneer, let's say, in, in July. But I think he had a bit of a... I think he was, uh, he was off for a wide a bit of a layoff before coming to fight Muneer. So it's a bit tough on him. I think the fight with Mania was just sort of to get back in the octagon and sort of feel... You know, just sort of get fit again and just sort of work his way from there. But this is a perfect fight to bounce back and sort of, or certainly make a claim or stake a claim this weekend against Scarlet Chaos Williams. Who, on paper, they're, they're very they're very similar in terms of their approach. I think uh, Al Hassan really wants to avoid that back to back loss for the first time in his career, and you know he'll be disappointed in the fight with Says, Al Hassan, he's very athletic. He's got devastating power, and he's just got that high work rate whereby. No matter how much pressure you put him under, he's always willing to bounce back and certainly let's counter hard and keep pushing forward. And he'll always want to stand in the pocket and throw a lot of haymakers just until his opponent drops. Really, whenever he knocks him out, and um, it's worked for him this you know so far because he's got all of his wins have come by a former knockout. So. <laughs> Al Hassan's striking tends to get most of the attention, and rightly so. But what some people don't know is that he's a black belt in judo, and some of his wrestling and grappling can't really go under look, overlooked upon because he can, he may look to use that in this fight just to sort of keep the fight standing. And again, this is just this is one for the ages. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one with Williams. If you look at his statistics, he throws a lot. But the problem is he's just not very accurate. you know you tend to land heavy combinations, but I just don't know with him. He just, he has a brawl style in him, but he's just not that very, he's not te- technical at all in his approach. He'll just sort of swing for the fences, but he does have a mean right hook, which uh, Hassan may want to look and to sort of counter that and be wary of in the fight. And he tends to throw some strong overhands with the with mixing, a couple of leg pit kicks with, with purpose. And he's a bit wild on his feet. And that's why I like this fight. Both men are killers. Um, and once, William connect, once Williams connects, you know he'll be looking to close the show and you know potentially get the fight bonus. But Al Hassan, it's going to take a lot to get him out of the cage and you know unconscious. So I'm just leaning towards Al Hassan on this one. With Williams, again, you just like I said, he throws for the fences. He's got some, he's shown some sort of wrestling in the past and does have a couple of submission wins under his belt. But I think Al Hassan will want to do the best to keep the fight on the feet. I think he's the favorite going into this one, he has the more, he's the better technical striker and he's got the more power in his hands, which gives him the edge. So I think Al Hassan will certainly hurt him early on in the first round. And I think he'll get it done and dusted probably by the second. So I'm going to go for Abdul Razak Al Hassan by second round TKO.
3: Second round TKO. Yep. All right. Uh whew, it looks pretty one-sided, doesn't it? <laughs> you're right, say the least. Yeah, Al Hassan is minus two twenty-six, and Chaos Williams is plus one ninety. So he's a solid, solid favorite. Um, yeah, and I don't see anything. I mean, granted, he hasn't fought that much, so UFC stats doesn't give me a whole lot. But just like, <laughs> it, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, it just looks to be pretty, pretty one-sided here. Um, I'm gonna have to follow you here. I'm a little worried about Chaos Williams and his knockout power, but mm, yeah, I'll follow you. i I think you're I think you're probably on the right side. So let's go TKO second round. Let's do it. You're catching uh Al Hassan to win by early finishes, minus one sixty-three, and in the second plus seven hundred. That's pretty good. Pretty good payout right there. Mm. Let's catch that. All right. Next up, we are looking at Julian? Uh,
2: yeah, Julian Marquez okay. versus uh, Sapobek Safarov. Um, with Julian, yeah, no, nicknamed the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, hasn't fought <laughs> in over two years, I think, two years and four months after his decision loss to Alessio De uh, Um, You know, that long layoff. Uh, again, it's similar to, to the fighters who step in on short notice who haven't fought for a while. You know, I tend to sort of, go against him in a way. However, in this fight, I I really think Marquez can get the job done on this one. Bearing in mind, Safarov is also coming off of a loss and he's not been as impressive. I think he's two and three in his last five fights. So this is a bit of a, a tough fight for Safarov, to say the least, with Marquez, uh, he's a bit much. He's a hard head to himself. You know, he's a bit. He's a bit big for the um, middleweight division. To be fair, in all fairness, Um, with Safarov, he's a former light heavyweight himself. With Marquez, he's he's got a bit of a wrestling background, but again, like I said, he's the striker at heart with the sort of pressures with those power combinations. And if Safarov connects. It's going to be difficult to put Marquez down because he really does have like a steel chin. Uh, he does lack in speed though, Marquez, but again, he makes up for it with that sheer ferocious power and just the ability to come forward and put a lot of pressure on his opponent. And I genuinely think he does have the skill set to get this done. Sephirov, he's just a wild man. I mean, he just goes hard from the first bell, throwing in God knows how many punches, and then, and, and then that's when he starts to gasp because his output is just. He's just solely focused on, you know, pouring all of his energy early on and doesn't have the gas tank to survive the later rounds. And then he'll just continue to throw wild hooks and be a bit sloppy at times. He does have the power himself. But again, I genuinely think Marquez, even though he has been away from the sport for a while, I think he has the ability to get it done. But a lot of respect for Julian Marquez, I think he'll get it done in the first round prior to here. Wow.
3: No ring rust fears for you, huh?
2: Nope, not in this one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh Marquez is minus two ninety-five, minus three hundred in that range. So yeah, healthy, healthy favorite. Um, and I think it's probably right. You know, I was looking through this and I just don't see a path for Sapa Berg. yeah, to uh <laughs> to 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 handle this. So once again, I gotta follow you. Oh, Lord yeah tko is catching only it's minus 150 Ooh. in the first it's plus 220 Ooh. i think vegas probably agrees with you <laughs> i think that's probably the most likely outcome I'm looking at this real quick so man yeah i'm gonna follow you here let's see what we, let's get paid all right so next up we have k hansen is that correct
2: yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, this has been a bit mixed up because it's sort of chopped and changed yeah, over yeah. like the past week or so. But I think that's the one I've got next. Okay. Um, no, this is this is really a, a good one, to say the least, because both are like real, real top prospects in the sort of the one fifteen division, and it's a tough one to call. It'd be with McKenna; she went undefeated in the amateur before joining Cage Warriors. And I think she's five and one in her professional career now. Um, she again with both. Fighters, there's certainly holes in their game which by both are looking to exploit, and both have the ability to exploit one another's uh, ability on the mat or on the feet and on the on the floor on on the mat. I think that's where both tend to do the damage. However, on the feet, I think McKenna certainly has the edge and i think you know all, it's that old adage really the fight's always got to start standing and that's probably cory's best chance of trying to get the job done and trying to pick her apart and you know use that range to sort of like try and maybe knock uh, Kay hansen out which I, I don't think we'll see in this fight but again like i said they're both top prospects and i'm very much looking forward to this one because it's a clash up in styles both serial you know, high-level grapplers and with cory uh, I think she got, yeah, she came in through the contender series and she literally out grappled her opponent in Vanessa Dimopoulos uh, to earn herself contract with the UFC. So she has been very with the, impressive with the cage worst promotion. Um, as an Englishman, obviously the cage wire tends to take place in the UK. Mm-hmm. I've kept my eye on her for a while and, you know, she, she's deserved the call up to the UFC and this is, however, this is a bit of a tough test for her um, <laughs> as a proud Englishman. I cannot back the Welsh. I genuinely, I cannot stand the Welsh. I, I'm no disrespect to McKenna, you know, it's not your fault that you're Welsh, but I just cannot back her at all because just because of the English blood within me with Kay Hansen, I think she will look to exploit some holes in Corey's game, which is just the sort of ability on the map. I think McKenna's wrestling is largely improving, but like I said, she's a bit of a slick striker who tends to certainly use that sort of, striking ability to advantage against the sheer grapplers and the wrestlers on the, when the fight's standing, but on the floor, literally anything's possible because, you know, they're two very promising uh, high-level athletes. Uh, Hansen's takedowns probably will be the deciding factor in this one. I think, like I said, she's strong enough in top control and she'll be able to certainly shut down McKenna's grappling attack as long as she plays it smart and doesn't try anything fancy, but McKenna... I think she, there's certainly a way in which she can get Hanson in the submission, but I genuinely don't see it at all. And, you know, I cannot, like I said earlier, I cannot back the Welsh. So I'm going to go for a Hanson by decision on this one. I think her controlled time will look, do her enough to to favor herself going into the decision and um, with the judges' scorecards.
3: Gotcha. Kay Hanson's minus 218 now. So another solid favorite. Mm. Uh, Corey is plus 184. K Hansen via decision is going to catch you plus two seventy five. Uh, Corey to win by decision. Excuse me, one twenty. I'm sorry, I fucked that up. One twenty. There we go. Uh, Corey to win by decision is plus two seventy five. You know, this isn't. We talked about this last week. This is another moment where you know you could bet both sides of the decision and take it out of the judges' hands. If it goes to scorecards, you bet both sides. You can cash either way, and you don't have to worry about the judges. So, mm. yeah, I think that might be the play. I mean, I definitely want to follow you. It looks like Kay Hansen's going to win the fight. If it yeah. if it goes to decision, I may want to. Yeah, I'm probably going to bet both sides just to cover my ass.
2: Yeah, I mean, if McKenna wins, you might not see me next week. <laughs> yeah. Just can't stand the Welsh charge. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What do the Welsh do to you? No, it's just a sort of you know. I'm not a. A rugby fan but you know there's a lot of rivalry in various sporting competitions In, like i said the six nations with the rugby but in football i mean all Wales have this gareth bell and england just tends to dominate the football department but there's there, there is some rivalry there in with regards to the two nations but you know ask any englishman about the welsh and <laughs> most of it's nothing nice i gotcha
3: okay <laughs> all right so let's go to the next fight there's no welsh in this one
2: Oh, thankfully not. <laughs> I don't think there's any for the rest of the card. So, you know, that's good news for you because you'll have to hear me rambling on about the Welsh. <laughs> so next up, we've got a middleweight bout between Eric Anders and Antonio Arroyo. Is that what you've got? Yes, sir. Um, It's just, it's a tough one. I mean, going into the UFC, there's a lot of hype or there was certainly potential surrounding Eric Anders. And I think there were certainly some fans who thought he could, you know, stake a claim to become a top five prospect, maybe even a top 10 prospect. But he's just, he's one of those frustrating fighters. Um, He's just got that major athletic ability, but uh, he's just no longer used or adopted that aggressive Southpaw slugger approach that certainly stormed him into the UFC. I think one thing that stood out was his victory over Rafael Natal. But we've we've just seen a different... Eric Anders as of late. I think he's tried to improve his technique and be well rounded when at times, you know, that's just not really needed in terms of his style and his approach. And I think with the Royal like him, he's very well rounded and physically talented in himself. And I think he does have the ability to get the job done. However, it's gonna be a tough nut at the office for Royo. I just I think Eric Anders like I said, I don't think he should adopt that well-rounded approach technically. However, I do think his game plan is enough to get the win this weekend. Um, It's just a tough one. It it depends how he gets it done, really. I mean, will he sort of spam the takedowns? Will he refuse to throw punches or just like I said, keep the fight on the floor? Or will he sort of hang on, you know, and try and keep out of range and try and not get hit and potentially use his left hand to his advantage, which I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a tough one, to say at least. I mean, he's proven, I think, Anders, you know, he's proven impossible to take down. So Antonio's probably going to try and keep the at least try to take the back to the floor, which is going to be an incredibly tough ass. And he certainly hits like a truck, Anders, as well. That left hand can be, you know, once that connects, it slides out for your opponent. I think it will be a close test. And a close contest, to say the least. I think it'll be a bit ugly at times. it would be interesting to see how Anders moves between the distance in terms of the striking, how he fares in the clinch, and maybe even that occasional takedown. I think it'll be tough for Arroyo to get the job done, even though he's very well-rounded. It's going to be tough, like I said, to take the fight to the floor because uh, Anders' defence is really great. However, there there's certainly holes in Anders' game, which Arroyo may look to exploit, but I just don't think... Uh, Antonio's that guy to certainly exploit it with no disrespect for him. So I think it's just going to be one of those where we'll see like a, not a ball fest. I think it will just be a typical middleweight clash, which will go to judges scorecards where I'm leaning towards Eric Anders in this one. Eric Anders' decision. All yep. right. Got it, man. This one's actually
3: kind of close. It's uh, Anders mm-hmm. minus 132, Antonio uh, plus 115. So it's interesting that the money must be coming in on Antonio because he's he's opened at 125 and he's 115 now. So he's getting a little bit worse. Eric Anders is getting a little bit better. So hell yeah, this is, looks to be a good fight. Um, you are catching, let's see, with your decision on Anders, you're catching plus 175 for the decision. That looks pretty good. Whew. Ooh, I don't know how to play this one exactly. I think you're probably right. I do think Anders is going to win the fight. Let's see here, plus one fifteen. Yeah, this might be another one. I don't know. You think it? You think it's for hundred <laughs> percent? Like because I'm 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 tempted again to throw a little bit of money on Antonio and then back the decision. So Antonio to win the fight overall and throw a little bit of money on Eric Anders' decision we'll come out ahead of, no matter which. if either of those hit mm. Mm. that's it. good i like it so i'm definitely going to follow you there with a little dutch action on i know you <laughs> love you love the dutch on, on who doesn't antonio all right there we go but i think you're probably right in a close fight like this yeah it probably is going to go to the decision mm. all right next up what are we looking at
2: Again, on paper, this is, a, this is a bit of a close one as well between Brendan Allen and Sean Stripling. Uh With Sean, he's coming on. Without the ones like
1: you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by, Granger for
2: the ones who get it done. Of a win over just over a week ago to Jack Marshman via decision, so to step in on a week's notice or just under a week's notice against Scarlett Brendan Allen, it's going to be a tough one. But it just shows the sort of determination to to work his way up the middleweight rankings in Shaun Schrute. But Brendan Allen. I mean, this guy's tough. It, this is a close fight, to say the least, on paper. Both both very similar in terms of their approach. Brendan Allen, I think, under the UFC banner. He's 4-0. And a, a lot of people are certainly backing him to certainly be successful and push his way into the top 15 and into the top 10. There's been a bit of a hype around his name as of late and um, it'll be interesting to see how he fares against Sean Strickland with Brendan Allen he comes from that wrestling and boxing background he's black belt in uh, brazilian jiu jitsu uh, a lot of his wins have come by submission uh he has decent takedown success at the ufc level again you haven't really seen it as much but his striking you know can't really go unnoticed because he does put some nice combinations This will be a, you know this week that's like I said this will be a tough test against Sean Strickland who is a bit of a as a submission artist himself, he's a bit of a wrestler at heart. And like I said, he's coming off a win over Jack Marshman. He tends to throw, you know, just under five significant strikes a minute. Not very accurate. I think Brendan Allen will get the better in terms of the striking exchanges. He's, I think it's going to be a case of who's better on the ground because Sean Strickland is a takedown artist. He defends takedowns well. And I don't think he's ever been submitted in his career. However, this may be the first time where we see Brendan Allen, um, Submit Sean Strickland this will probably be the first time he gets submitted in this career, because Brendan Allen I just think he's too strong on the floor, and once he's on top of you, it will be a tough night at the office to try and scramble out and get the fight to the floor, uh, get the fight back onto the feet. Mm-hmm. So I think Brendan Allen's striking um, ability will certainly come up quite for him in this fight. I'm going to go for. Ooh. I said, on submission, in Brendan Allen's favor."
3: Second, submission, second round for Brendan Allen. Got it. Yeah. Oh, Boy. Yeah. You're right. And this line, this doesn't happen very often. As we're talking, the line is changing. That you know, usually, oh, really? yeah. There's not a lot of movement on Thursday when we're talking, but uh, yeah, this one keeps fluctuating around. It opened up even both sides. Uh, minus one ten, minus one o seven, minus one o five. Whatever your book does, opened up even both sides right now i've got sean strickland plus 100 and brendan allen minus 115. that's some close that's some that's a close fight man that's unbelievable Mm -hmm. uh let's see brendan allen by submission gets you plus 260. if he ends in the second that would get us plus 900. so that that's that's nice really nice uh, who boy though, man, this is close. I think you're probably right. When I ran through some of the numbers, it does look like Brendan Allen is probably going to win the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to follow you here and I'm going to, I'm going to look, dig a little deeper into Sean Strickland because you know, he's catching plus 400 to submit or knock out Allen, but he's catching plus 175 to win by decision. And that's the best. Mm. That's the best paying. That's the best paying prop bet on the board. Sean Strickland plus one seventy five by decision. So that's interesting. So I I, yeah I don't know. I wouldn't be mad if somebody took that as well.
2: No. Does the fight? No. Considering he went the full fifteen with Jack Marshman as well.
3: Yeah. Does does the fight go the distance? Yes. No. Yes is minus one sixty three. No is plus one twenty. So, good. Yeah. Interesting stuff here. Maybe you just, if you're actually going to bet this one, maybe you, I don't know, lay off.
2: <laughs> this is this yeah, is no, pretty, for this one.
3: it's too close to call, man. Mm. But I'm, I am I'm going to follow you because that's a nice, that's a nice payout. The plus 260 plus 900. So I'm definitely going to, I'm going to throw something
2: on that. All right. Next up, what have we got? I think we've got Ashley Yoda versus Miranda Granger. Yes is that what you got uh, yeah
1: i'm
2: going to try and be brief with this one because there's just not really much to say in in this one with yoda i mean you look at her record seven and six i mean her octagon record doesn't really accurately reflect her ability she she in, in her defeat she's lost to some you know high level fighters in Random marcos soza mackenzie dunn even angela hill and it, it, it you know they're no walkover so there's no shame in losing to those athletes and it's, this is going to be a tough. I think it's a bit of a clash in styles. I mean, they're very slim in terms of their approach. They do a lot of their damage on the floor. the Granger, they're, they're, they're both coming off a, a loss with Granger suffering her first professional career defeat against Amanda Lemos. And that was, uh, you know, December 2019, first round submission. So that sort of shows she can be susceptible to the submission. Granger, whereby you look at Ashley Odek, who can. She's got a couple of uh, decent submission victories under her belt, so she may want to look to exploit that and be relentless in terms of her approach right from the get go. Uh, and she's very, you know, in that defeat to Lemos, she's very susceptible and very vulnerable to the strong grapplers. And when you look at Yoda, she's very more skilled and relentless enough to certainly exploit in um, the short, that shortcoming in, in similar fashion. Really, I mean, she's not careful, and if she's not careful, I, I genuinely think. Ashley Yoder can certainly submit Granger maybe early on. Or maybe we'll just certainly, again, this will will probably be, a. we know this, but I don't think this is going to be the most entertaining fights on paper. It's just going to take place on the map for the majority of the fight, I think. I just don't see, they they, they both don't have that sort of high-level striking ability. And like I said, they both do their damage on the map. Yoda, however, she's not she's not the most effective offensive wrestlers in the world. So Granger, if she can maintain the range and pick her off, that's how she can potentially win the fight. I I don't know. This is another close one, but I'm probably going to lean towards Miranda Granger in this one by decision. Again, from what I'm seeing right now, it's a bit of a close one. I think both are like near even or something.
3: It opened even, yeah, minus one ten. Again, both sides, or or just you know, they were catching negative lines on both sides, no matter how they opened it. And then the money got hold of it, and it's taken off. It's Miranda Granger minus 150 now, Ashley Yoder plus 130. So the money people, I think they kind of agree with you that this is not as close as, as the sports books said it. Mm-hmm. I think they do kind of agree with you. Uh, decision for Granger gets us only plus 130. You would think at a fight that opened up minus 110 both sides that a decision would be paid a lot better than plus 130. But no, that's not what we're getting. Yeah. yeah. So, interesting stuff. Something smells here. I think you're right. I think I think Miranda Granger is going to win this fight. So I'm going to follow you. But there's a lot of value out there. I mean, if you think Ashley Yoder can win, I mean, you could you could back both sides. Um, you could bet you know Yoder to win by this isn't this isn't going to end early, is it? I'm looking at these fight times. I mean, Yoder's 15 minutes fight time. Granger's nine minutes 22 seconds average fight time. This is going to the judge's scorecard, right?
2: Yeah. Just from the sounds of that, I think it will do. I don't think we'll see an early stoppage.
3: Yeah, so you you could grab both sides of that in a decision and, and come out ahead. But yeah, that something smells. Something smells on this one. All, all right. Next up, what do we got?
2: Uh, I've got a well to wait back between Alex Moreno versus Reese McKee. Yes, sir. With Reese McKee, he came in. Uh, to the UFC, and it was a tough debut to say the least. I think he stepped in on short notice to fight the one and the only Hamza Echemaev, who's fighting Leon Edwards in December. So, and ultimately, he lost by a grand pound. I think it was in the first round. So, there's no shame right now losing to Hamza Echemaev with Reese McKee, who, as is oh, well, if you're a Great Brit or any sort of European MMA fan, you wouldn't have known him in his cage warrior days where he has impressed. I think for this one, I think he'll want to use the height and the reach advantage uh, height and reach advantage to his strength and maybe try and look to come up clutch with that because his striking is there but with uh, Alex Moreno like I said, he's 5'11 he's got a 72 inch reach advantage whereby McKee's six 6'2 78 inch reach advantage so he may look to pick him apart in the striking exchanges and look to use that to his advantage but I just, I'm not in the certainly in the UFC roster so I'm just not overly convinced by Reese McKee He's impressed, no doubt, in the uh, cage wars in the British Championships across uh, several years. So he's only 25 and there's still room for improvement with Reese McKee. And there's no, you know, sometimes it takes a loss or a defeat just to certainly come back stronger. And it, there's no shame in losing to Alex Marino, who's the more experienced fighter. and uh, He's fought in the UFC for a lot longer. Uh, just, I think with McKee, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, he's just... He's not the the most striking. uh, He's not really technical in his striking approach. He, He does pack the heat. He can get the knockout at times, but he just certainly at times swings for the fences to certainly hurt his opponents. I just don't know if he'll have any success in being technical and trying to put Alex Moreno away early. I don't think he will do that. And I don't think he'll find success on the floor as well. Although McKee is a superior offensive boxer at heart. I just don't think he's sufficient enough to overcome the strength and the power in Alex Moreno. And he certainly has the ability to take Reese McKee apart. I don't think he'll get the finish on this one. I'm just, I think this one will go to judges scorecards. I'm just not overly convinced by Reese McKee. Uh, Alex Moreno, I just expect him to spend 15 minutes Trying to control the fight and, you know, trying to get ahead on the judges' scorecards early on and, you know, use that striking range to pick him apart and get the points because, like I said, with the reach advantage and the height advantage, I don't think he's going to want to be playing Reese McKee's game. So if Alex Morales sticks to his game plan and try and pick him apart early on in the latter rounds with the with a little bit of the firepower is there as well, sorry, I think he will get the decision victory.
3: All right. We don't have the prop bets set up for this one yet. A little too new. Yeah,
2: no. yeah. I think this is this has just been not this was added not
3: that long ago. No, no. I think you're right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you here. It, it's uh, Alex Moreno is minus one eighty one. Unless that decision money line or that payout is just just horrible, I'm definitely gonna follow you here. Just looking through these numbers, it looks like Alex is clearly gonna win this fight handily. Hmm. My only concern is, does it actually go the full <laughs> the full you know, the full distance? It's my only concern. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to follow you here on this one.
2: All right. Yeah. What do we got next up? I believe we've got Luis Smoker versus Jose Alberto Canos. Yes, sir. In the bantamweight division. Yeah. Um, again, this is very, very close on paper. Both coming off of a loss with Canos to Sean O'Malley. Uh, just nearly – well, just a – nearly a year ago now, I think, with Luis Molker. He's coming off of the loss over Casey Kenny. He's on a bit of a roll right now. So both fighters really want to look to impress and try and get back on the wing column. And on this one, I'm probably leaning towards Kinyos. I think he's a better technical fighter. He has ability to hold his own wherever the fight goes in terms of the boxing and the wrestling exchanges. Um, both are very similar in terms of the height and reach, so there's just no sort of can't really look at the the height and the reach advantage there because both men are very similar in their, the height so I, I, I don't know I think Kinyos will probably get this done by a decision I just I think he will be impressive on the floor and you know on the feet wherever the fight goes really yeah I don't think he's gonna finish the fight I don't think he will finish Smoker he's probably gonna look to control him for the full 15 minutes and and you saw his brutal defeat to Sean O'Malley. I don't think he's going to want to be at the receiving end of that again. So he's going to let's control the fight and be very cautious in this approach. Kinyos. So if he uses his well-rounded ability in this fight, I think he will get this done by decision.
3: I like that. This is the one I circled. I have two that I thought were the underdog had a serious chance. Um, mm. Jose is right around plus 120, 125. And Lewis is uh, minus one forty four, but I think it's a lot closer than that. I agreed with you. I agree with you one hundred percent. I definitely want to follow you on this underdog. Catch a piece of Jose. Decision is getting us plus two forty. I love it. I love it. This is the one. I think that they're they're on the wrong side. Fingers crossed. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Touch word.
3: Yeah. All right. Next up, what do we got?
2: Uh, next up, we've got Random Marcos versus Kanaka Murata. <laughs> How old is random Marcus now? Is she like 40 yet? I don't even know, man. Honestly, I mean, I'll have a look now. Yeah, Um, she's ancient. She's day five. God, she's been around for a while, hasn't she? Forever, yeah. (laughs) Surprised she's still going. The quiet storm, as they call her. um,
3: (laughs) Very quiet storm. From your end as well. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So with this one, I think with random Marcus, you look at her her record, it's not impressive to say at least she's 10 and 9 and mixed martial arts, and she tends to certainly come up short. To she's she's more of a gatekeeper, I think, in the weight division. She look at her defeats to Mackenzie Dern, Rivas Claudia Gudella, uh Nina, and Alexa Alex Grasso, uh, Grosso, yeah. uh, Carolina. So she tends to come up short against the those who had the talent and who are wanting to push up into the, the you know the top ten and potentially even further. I'm not saying Random Marcos is great, but uh, I don't know I mean look at her record to say the least it's just not impressive at all whereas you look at Murata again it's probably one of those whereby she'll want to get Random Marcos under the win column and under her belt and certainly push up in the division because somehow Randa Marcos is still ranked in the short weight division um, with Marata she's making a USC debut I believe and yes. she's very good in terms of a wrestling approach she's a former amateur wrestling ace I think so I think she's even defeated in the Olympic gold medalist so her last defeat was in 2016, I believe, Marta, and that's her only professional defeat. She's 11-1. and one. She's impressing in the promotions and wherever she's fought over across Asia. Um, she's, she does a lot of the damage on the floor. I genuinely think she will get the better of this one. I think this one will be the full 15 minutes. I just don't think she'll get the submission early on. I think she'll do enough to certainly control the fight. Maybe get the submission late on, but again, like I said, I don't think she will finish the fight. I think the sheer relentless approach and series of well timed takedowns will carry uh Kanako and Murata to a comfortable decision victory in this one.
3: Agreed 100%. Murata's gonna win. I'm just worried, you know, she might end the fight early. That's my only concern. Uh, <laughs> I'm following you 100% because, yeah. I mean, random Marcos makes Ashley L- Yoder look good. So, I mean, that, that tells you all you need to know right there. I'm
2: saying something.
3: Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I'm going to follow you for sure with uh, Murata. I don't know. I'm going to think about that. Well, maybe I'll post on the app whether or not we, you take the uh, early finish too. All right. Next up, we've got Geraldo.
2: Tony Grayley versus yeah. Geraldo de Fritas. Yeah, I think this go. is the the second fight of the night. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yep. so we're, yep. we are nearly done. to be fair. Um With this one, I'm probably going to lean towards uh, Gravely by decision on this one. Both men are coming off of a, a defeat with Gravely losing to Brett Jones about nine months ago and Chris Gutierrez defeated Gerardo De Fritos in Gerardo's last fight. It's very close and tough on paper. I think uh, Tony Gravely is the slight favorite going into this one. Trained at uh, Tech MMA Fitness Academy in the American Top Team who've, Att, they've got some very talented fighters under their belt. I think Gravely, he's got um, he's got some losses under his belt and fire submission. So with the Fritas, you may want to look to exploit that. And I think with Gravely, he does give up his back very easily. I think, in my opinion, personal opinion, whereas the Fritas may look to exploit that. You Look at the classic traditional Brazilians who, near if not all of them, have got some sort of background in wrestling and grappling and jiu-jitsu. So if you're the fritus in this one, you'll probably be you know, comfortable and trying to take the fight to the floor. However, I think Grady will get the job done in this one. I just think certainly on the feet where he will do most of the damage, I'm leaning towards him in this one by decision. I think he will keep the fight standing. I just don't see how the to gets this one done. I just think he will, well, Tony Grady will pick him apart Probably are pointing towards not a comfortable decision, but a you know, decision bit to say the
3: least. Gotcha, man. Gravely opened up minus one eighty seven. He's minus one forty nine now, and uh, Geraldo opened up plus one sixty, plus one twenty nine now. So he's Geraldo's gotten thirty one cents worse, and Gravely's gotten thirty eight cents right around there better. So it looks like hmm. people are coming in and back in Geraldo a little bit. I think it's probably a little bit closer than the books said it as I, 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 do think it's, it's a little bit of a closer fight. I like, I like your decision play. I want to follow you there. I'm thinking I'm going to throw a little bit of money on Geraldo too, to win the fight and just, you know, get both sides. I think gravely wins, but I think they're asking mm-hmm. still too much at the minus minus one forty nine. You think it's a 60, 40 chance gravely wins? Cause that's, got, that's what they're asking for is 60% gravely, 40% Geraldo.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, in terms of the striking, I think Tony will get the better. Yeah. And even on the mat, I think Gravely does do his damage as well. I did touch upon five of his six losses being by submission. I think if he does get too cocky on the mat, Tony, that's when we may see the 40% come into Gerardo's favour because he will look to certainly exploit the top control because Gravely does spawn and brawl at times and dominate the top control. But if he slips up, I think that's the opportunity for Gerardo yeah. To, to impress and potentially get the submission victory very good all right last
3: fight of the night and this is you know we can talk shit but i think this is an interesting one let's do it
2: interesting i want to get your take on this and how's it interesting from your sort of perspective
3: it's Maze versus I don't
2: know, in terms of lines or
3: yeah Maze versus martinez hmm. uh maize is a ridiculous favorite minus 233 and martinez is a healthy underdog plus 195 Just confirming that here. Make sure it didn't move. Make sure I didn't copy paste incorrectly. Yeah. Mays is minus 233. Martinez is plus 195. I think I'm not saying they're way off, but I think they're undervaluing Martinez by a significant margin. I I definitely Mm -hmm. uh, I want to throw some money on Martinez to win this fight. Plus 195. I think he's got a better chance than that. Just looking at these stats. I don't know what you think, but I, I want a piece of Martinez here.
2: Uh, I can see that. I think it's, it's certainly a tough one. I think Dante Almod- uh, mice you look at him on paper, he came through the contended series and pressed. Mm. I think he by a, a TKO against Ricardo Marcel, and, and that was over a year ago. And he hasn't been impressive under the UFC banner. He lost to Cyril Garnier on his first um his first uh, UFC debut against, you know, like I said, Cyril Garnier, who is a tough prospect right now. So there's no shame in losing to Sirogani. And in his next fight, I think he lost to Rodrigo Nasimoto by submission again. But I think what will favor Dante in this fight, is I don't know if you've got it up, if you look at the, the height and the reach advantage, I mean, <laughs> Rocky Martinez is 5'10". Dante Mays is 6'6". Yeah, just He's towers a- over he- him. Yeah. yeah. He can literally control the fight for... Wherever the, wherever it goes, really, and I think he's got the significant reach advantage as well. He's got like a, a an eight and a half, you know, better reach over Rocky and Martinez. It might even be more, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think he's going to out technique uh, Maze on the feet or exploit the lack of grappling in Maze's approach. Because, like I said, two out of his losses in the UFC banner and in his only UFC fights have come by submission. I just don't know if Rocky and Martinez has the ability to exploit and take advantage of his poor defence. Mm-hmm. I just think it will stay on the fight uh, on the uh, on the feet and both men are looking to exchange blows and I think in terms of the pension power I think Mays edges that one. I, I think but um I, I can see why Dante Mays is the favourite in this one. I just think he will get it done by I think he'll get it done by an early stoppage because I mm. think he'll just bother Martinez with some absolute haymakers early on and the reach advantage and the power in those hands in the heavyweight division will, you know, come up clutch for Dante Mays in this one. I just don't know if Martinez has the ability to certainly or has the chin to survive those early blows from Dante Mays in this one. I just think the technique and the punch and power and the massive gap will just in the power exchange will favour Dante Mays in this one. I yeah, I can't see a way in which Roquet Martinez gets this one done, I'm afraid. That's cool. We'll okay. for a
3: I'm sorry. Which round? First. For, oh, first. I like it. I like it. Uh, so, yeah, I want. I wanted a piece of the 195. Your early stoppage for Maze is plus 130. In the first, gets you plus 350. So that's good. I mean, that, it's a nice little payout if you hit it. Um, but yeah, I definitely. I, I want both sides of this. Uh, yeah, I want. I think Martinez. I don't think he's as bad as the the implied probability says. I don't think he's a 30 percent mm. chance to win. I think he's got a little bit better than that. So I definitely want a piece of that.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're not the, be- the no. best fighters on paper. I mean, no, they're, they're not. You know, it's a, it's a classic heavyweight bout, really. I mean, between two big dudes just trying to <laughs> trying to earn a keep and trying to earn a living. whereby he's got a lot of experience. I, I'll give him that Roque Martinez. I think he's fought, you know, 24 times compared to Dontown Maze's 11. So, Again, that might favor him going into Swap. But again, it's just that classic heavyweight bout really to open the night. It's, yeah. just, it's going to end quickly. I mean, when there's two, I, yeah. I can see why, why he's a bit, you know, you may be a bit hesitant or questioning why he's got a 30% chance to win. But again, I'm not overly fond of Rocky Martinez in this one. No, I can
3: tell. I can tell. This isn't this isn't like a Mason bet, though. Come on now. this It's not that implausible. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know. Even, I don't think even Mason would back Roque Martinez. i will probably go for a Roque Martinez for a third round submission on this one. Yeah, Take <laughs> that one on Mason's behalf.
3: I may have to do that. All right, man. That's so that's good. it. That's all the fights this Saturday. How you feeling?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, we spent just under 50 minutes going through the whole car. It wasn't too bad, to be fair. I mean, I'm no. surprised we can get that much out, considering it's just me and you yeah that no i usually we do like 50 minutes even with myself and mason yeah no it was good it was good it I was, so was just won't waffle on no yeah no it was good i i, I, I feel I pretty good f- yeah yeah i feel
3: pretty good about this one all mm. right so ufc deluxe on twitter
2: still going
3: it's still going still tweeting away Somehow. <laughs> still annoying you and uh let's see got ufc deluxe uh sports sesh podcast there it is <laughs> I'll let, you, I'll let you move your mic real quick. Yeah. Sports Sesh podcast, correct?
2: Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're getting better at that sports Sesh podcast. Fantastic. Anything else we need to know, James? Um, no, not really. I mean, this is just the, the last sort of podcast before UFC 255, which I think is the next weekend. So that'll be a good show next week. Talking about two title fights between Valentina Shevchenko and Jennifer Meyer and, uh, Dave Simpigliota versus Alex Perez. So, yeah, uh, enjoy the fights this weekend. Yeah, there's nothing much else to say, really.
3: There you go. Hey, good luck living with your family. Hopefully it gets better someday.
2: (laughs) I've survived the week so far, so I think I can carry on. Okay. While I say that, another two months, that's going to be enough of a struggle. It is. Good luck, man. Talk to you later. (laughs) Take care, mate.
0: Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. You know how to book flights and hotels.